All right, we're back for another week of the Every Adrian Brody Movie in Chronological Order podcast, a.k.a. BrodyCast. I'm one of your three hosts, Spencer, and I am joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Greg and Adam. Hey. I'm Spencer. Um, Adam. I'm Greg. Whoa. Crazy. Dang, this is... We're, we're in uncharted territory already. Man, look at this banter back Whew. and forth. These great. jokes that we, we do. We starting off with hot fire. God, we are, we are really killing it. <laughs> okay, so this week we watched Ten Benny. Ten Benny. What, what was the year? 1996? It was. 96. 96. We have a 23-year-old Adrian Brody. 23 Adrian Brody. I didn't think we were going to make it to Ten Benny. This is really? my favorite Brody movie. I'm lying. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. No. Wow, you said that with such joke. gusto, with wow. such conviction, though. Ooh. You know. Okay. So, so ten Benny, um, sort of a a sordid tale of the increasingly poor decisions of a gambling addict whose name is what was his name? Ray. Ray. Played by Adrian Brody. Um, set in Bloomfield, New Jersey. Bloomfield, New Jersey. Yeah, uh, in, in sort of a in the early '90s, but you think well, it took place in '96, maybe the '80s. It's it's really hard to tell, and I think we'll get into that a little bit later. Is that time sort of seems to just be irrelevant um, to the the plot of this movie? Um, yeah. We're not entirely sure. It's sort of an anachronism. Everything is sort of an anachronism in this movie. But so basically, Adrian Brody is an up and coming. I don't know what would you call him like a deal maker, right? He's a he's a he's a businessman. He's he's a he's a hustler. Yeah. And he's he's trying to, you know, make make his money so that he can buy a corner store. I believe that was what his end goal was, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um and he sort of falls prey to taking high <laughs> high interest, high risk loans from <laughs> some less than savory characters who when Adrian decides to gamble that money, in an attempt to recoup his losses, um, just digs a further and further hole, um, and he he sort of drags his friends um, and family into the mix and girlfriend and girlfriend, um, and so his his uh, his relationship with the loan sharks is sort of the driving um, force behind the movie. But then it's also a sort of uh, you know romantic drama in which Adrian screws up all of his you know like romantic interests as well as just his friendships as well and so it's sort of a we just watch this guy unravel basically oh for sure that was a great summary spencer was yeah, it that was, that was pretty, yeah that was pretty good. I, I don't know this movie made a it was a hot mess kind of it, yeah, it didn't it make just, a whole lot of sense to me it was just a series of really poor choices by right Brody. it basically he's presented with two options like either like do the right thing or do the wrong thing and he, and he always does he the picks wrong the wrong thing, thing yeah. every time that's for sure so you know, he he takes out ten thousand dollars from this loan shark right and he's he's hoping to win big at the races yes at the horse he, so races. that's what he has this sort of like the inside track kind of with the guy that has a, a hot hot tips yeah. on mm-hmm. on the racetrack and that's where he's gambling a lot of his money at the beginning. Yeah, well, so even before he gambles, he's he's going to take that 10G that he borrows from the loan shark, and mm-hmm. he's going to turn that into whatever just from the races. But before he even does that, he buys an engagement ring. He buys cufflinks. He just spends yeah. what seems to be a considerable amount of that money. And then he continues to bet just the full 10G on um, a horse showing and winning, which was he was only told to bet to for the horse to show not to win right if you remember right so he even messes up the bet and of course the horse does neither 
It didn't show. I see. I don't know what sh- what no, show. He would've, he would've, what he in the top three. Uh. <laughs> All right, we're back. We had a little bit of a technical difficulty there. Our podcast machine decided to just shut off randomly. But we're back. We're talking about horse racing, kind of, um, in the context of Adrian Brody and his gambling habits in the movie Ten Benny, 1996. We're back. We're back. So he bet all of his money. Right. And this is the the money that he took from the loan shark. Yeah, so he has 10 Gs, and now he just lost all of it. Right. He... Owes the loan shark ten thousand dollars. He's a stressed plus young in, man. Plus insurance or uh, interest. Interest. Sorry. interest yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you know he's a, he's a little screwed, if you will. Oh, he's royally screwed. Yeah, and he just continues to make more bad decisions, trying to get the money back, and he owes more people money and more people money, and he tries to go to a casino and gamble. So his friend lends him his very loyal friend lends him two thousand. But you, uh, yeah. Butchie. Butchie was a great guy. He's the best character in the movie by far. And he gambles it at a casino, and I think he's doing well, but then the loan shark figures out that he's at the casino and takes his winnings from him. No, it it ends up being the loan shark's casino. Right, right. And so then he, the loan shark takes all the the winnings. He's like, you can't be gambling my money. And then Brody's like, all right, and he gambles his engagement ring. And loses that. He loses it. Yeah, pretty poor. So, like we said, a lot of bad decisions just all around. Yeah, it's kind of hard to watch, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, I mean, well, it's, I mean, it's one of those movies where it's just like, this guy, like, can't get a break, but he's also, like, doing it to himself. And yeah. it's just, you know, you're forced to kind of sit, you're you're somewhat complicit in his, uh, his failures just because yeah. you're standing it's, alongside him watching. It's yes. a downward spiral. Right. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll jump into it straight away. Like Brody, so I think Brode Code, right? Yeah, the Brode Code. But last week, I think we, so we had watched this just in um in an attempt to just like locate this movie because it's like you know it was a small a smaller release. Um, so we we were looking for it. We watched um just the first you know twenty or thirty seconds of it last week just to make sure that what we had worked and all that sort of stuff and. I think I think it was me that incorrectly assumed that the voiceover that we hear at the very beginning is the voice of Adrian Brody. Right. And I mean, even when we watched it today, we yeah, just all we, assumed yeah. that we all it thought was, that it really was. sounded like him. And so it's this is a weird movie where, and we'll we'll get into this like with I think the thin red line as well, where it's one of those movies where all of the characters they look and sound similarly. Um, but you know, in the thin red line, everyone has that like southern accent kind of thing, where it's like hard to determine who's speaking. Are you comparing this movie to a Terrence Malick film? Only in the sense that the narration <laughs> caused it to be slightly confusing. Only in the metaphysical sense, right? <laughs> and its yeah. thematic yeah. <laughs> abilities, I guess. Yeah. It, well, it's just a meditation on war, right? No, yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. Uh, in Sweet Jersey. Yeah, yeah in, in Sweet, Sweet Jersey. Jersey. Um, yeah, the sort of class war that takes place. Uh, <laughs> no, it's so the, the the movie starts out with um, who we thought was Brody talking at the beginning. Yeah. So we, I was like, oh, Brody code's zero 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 zero. It's straight away. Like yeah, this is like, where we can we can hear him, but it's not him. 
No, it was not. So, when we didn't figure it out until no, like, it, maybe thirty minutes into the movie. I think yeah. I look. I had to look it up because we were we were all confused. Like, they, oh, I thought that was Brody's character, and it's, I, I looked it up, and it was. It's not him. It's not him. And it's, it's weird that the the, the narration is present in the first half of the movie, and then it just kind of goes not away. Not in the first half. Like maybe the first. 15 minutes they just kind of dump yeah. like the exposition a little bit yeah. well then... they because they, it begins with pretty much the four main characters when they're kids to yes. show hey these guys have been friends for a long time yes it but that doesn't make anything clearer throughout the movie it doesn't <laughs> no. help you know who's who uh if, which friends if are anything which it friends. makes it like a little bit more confusing when we finally right when we get to see him as adults for the first time yeah it's really unnecessary i guess they really could have just had the characters you know not not be like hey remember that time when we were kids but really the only thing that comes through from that early stages is that they've been friends for a long time and hey Brody got this later from his yes. friend lighter yes. and and the fact that well, his friend was in love with Brody's girlfriend right he mentions that offhand yeah but that could easily be something i mean like through narration that we're just given in the present yeah, we time, like really didn't in present day that, i guess that you know but i guess we did need to see that Brody's dad well even not really that Brody's dad was a low level mobster that was arrested right like that didn't really have any impact on the rest it, of the movie it did at the very end when Brody's dad was like discussing with kind the of Lone shark but it i don't know it it was a weird it, the the importance of that scene is not entirely clear i feel I, like i think that it's it, what it does is it's hey they're born into a life of crime and they were innocent before that moment that's kind of what's hinted at okay okay um, that makes sense to and me. that that's the time because it the mike right that's the narrator's name at the beginning yeah yeah, yeah. who's who's brody's friend says this is the first time this is before butchie's mom had died this is the first time that right you know one of our parents has gotten involved with legal issues or something like right. that sure okay but regardless i still don't think it's very helpful no, no i don't think so either I, well i mean well, but we're not here to discuss what could be excised right, well, i mean i think let's get to the actual broad code so it's not zero zero so zero not zero, zero which we assume which is the is, point of this digression it's right four minutes 30 seconds ish yes. around there mm -hmm. around the, yeah we didn't get the yeah. exact code but mm. it was it was around there yeah and, and you know the, it may be 432 right it could be just yeah turn your dial to four minutes 30 seconds you'll you'll see you'll see you'll see brody you'll see the Brode. yeah in a sort of what was he he was in a suit right because yeah, he's, he's in a suit he's a shoe salesman by day and a hustler um, well, I mean, I guess maybe a hustler by day as well. If you're a shoe salesman, I don't know. You kind of have to to slang some some shoes. Yeah. I don't know. You need a little bit of a hustle, right? Yeah, for sure. Maybe yeah. I don't know. He tells everybody that Paul Newman, yeah, is always like came in and bought yeah. these shoes. And so that's the, actually the ten Benny. That's, that's how that's we got. That's how the, the title yeah. um, comes about. Is that Paul Newman apparently wears a ten Benny, which is was that a, the type of shoe or is he a size ten? I think. He said it's like, like a, a 10B. So it's like, I think B is how wide the shoe is. Uh, so like if you, I, I don't know. I thought, Needless to say, we didn't totally get it. Yeah. I thought that it was the type of shoe. And then I got confused at the very end when he was talking to the cab driver. Right. And said, Cause that's, oh, Paul Newman gave me this lighter. Which is a lie. Which was a lie. Yeah. And then he said, 10 Benny. And I didn't understand why he said it at that point. 
That confused me. I think it's no, just so that people can either. remember the title of the movie. Right, I don't yeah. know. Like, <laughs> hey, remember, remember when Brody talked about Ten, Min- Ten Benny at the beginning of the movie? Like, here's us bringing it back. I think it's the size of the shoe. I, yeah, I, I definitely think the Ten was the size. And the Benny could have been either I like the... I think it's the width. Like a Ten Yeah, I, I mean, that would make I sense. Think. I think. I know that E has to do with width of shoes. Yeah, they, they have make Ten D, I feel like, too. It's like... I, I think I'm I'm down to just go with that. Yeah, it sounds ten, right. Ten B. Where is that? Sure. Yeah. Why not? Okay. I mean, so Brody, early on in the movie, consistent throughout the movie, right? Like, I mean, he's he shows up early. He's the last guy that we see on screen. I mean, he's he's the he's, main character. He's the main character. Yeah. I and mean, this yeah. is the first movie we've seen with Brody as the lead. Yeah. It is. It's yes. true, and it's a uh, which is defining. That's well, yeah. It's it, exciting too. Yeah, it's and it's two years since um, since Jailbreakers. Yeah, two correct? years since Jailbreakers. We're not entirely sure when this movie was actually filmed. Shot, yeah, so it's, so it's possible that it could have been filmed in '95. Or, he looked a little bit older though. Yeah, than he looked Jailbreakers for sure. And he definitely he like, acted older. As yes, well. and his like his presence was it, it seemed more mature yeah absolutely. i would say but i mean that could also be a function of this this character is i don't know if i want to say more nuanced but at least like troubled and that i think requires a more um deft presence i feel like it's like a you know he has to handle it a little bit differently than the character that he played last week right i mean he he's the lead actor you know the movie kind of relies on him he's the anchor yeah right yeah He's the anchor. So is it a good movie, and how does Brody impact the movie? Is it a good movie? I'm going to go with a hard no. I Yeah, I think we can all agree on that. I right. agree. Yeah. I did not think this was good. Um, in most respects, um, I would say that the best part of it to me, I thought that the guy who played Butchie did a really excellent job yeah, with what he absolutely. was given. Um, he... Every it, scene he was in, he kind of he stole, stole it. Yeah, yeah, he was a sure. scene stealer for sure. I mean, he, the way that like he he delivered his lines with such passion, and you know, did, he, did we say that Butchie was the friend? I don't know if we yeah, covered we did. that. Okay. We did. Yeah, um, Brody's friend. Right, and he kind of just like is Who's always, always like he's getting super him out of loyal jams and, and yeah, yeah, he's loyal. He's the voice he's, of reason. Yeah, he's, right. a, he's a good guy. Yeah, and the guy that played him, he's the moral a, compass of the film. Did an excellent job. Um, so he. He was sort of the shining star for me, anyway. But I, I mean, Brody impacts the film just through the sheer nature of his character. Is well, he's the lead? Is you know, what he, shapes he is the film, the movie? Yeah, you know, the, the plot revolves around him. And I think that he did a, he did a great job with with what he was given. You know, I mean, it's not a, I don't know, the script itself like wasn't like anything to write no, home it about. No, it was a bad script for sure. I think. Brody did a good job. I mean, yeah. he was. We'll we'll get to this later. I don't think it was his best performance. No, but no, I don't he, think so either. You know, he he was definitely more mature. Right. I mean, I like the. I I didn't like his character. No, his character was terrible. I don't but, think you're supposed to. But he did a good job with the character. Right. I think. But it was just the plot was bad. Yeah, it was just kind of all over the place. Yeah, right. And it was the movie. Right, the movie was all over the place. It didn't really make much sense. I, there was no motivation for any of the characters, aside from getting rich, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. everyone I mean, just seemed kind of lost. Well, for me, it was that the the rest of the characters just existed around Brody. Mm-hmm. None of them really had 
I felt like none of them really had their own personalities. I mean, Mike, who again was the narrator at the beginning, he he really he had a love interest, which was Brody's character's girlfriend. But that right. that was really it. Right. That was his. Yeah. Purpose. And, and Butchie was just there to be the voice of reason. He didn't really seem to have any, you know, he wasn't looking for anything in particular. I didn't right. understand what he was trying to what do. What was he doing? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, so they're all just kind of props. It was, yeah, it was like the and the the B plot and the C plot kind of just revolved around Brody. And what do you, what would you even say were the B and C plots? I mean, well, the, the B plot the was B Mike. was definitely Mike and and Joanne. Yeah. But the third, what was the, there wasn't really like a third line, right? Yeah, you know what? I guess I guess you're right. I would not be able to tell you what the C plot was. Yeah, I don't know if there was one. It. It's just kind of like sh- stuff just happened, and and it was based on what Adrian like the what poor decision Adrian made in the scene prior. You know, it, like right. there wasn't any sort of like grand narrative aside from I don't know like escaping the the terrible the doldrums day. of New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sweet Jersey, sweet, sweet Jersey, Jersey. Bluefield, New Jersey, is where yeah. this movie took place. So, was it a good movie? No, I think that was the consensus. Yeah, consensus no. is no for sure. Um, Had a Brody impact movie a great deal. Yeah, but because, because he kind of has to. Yeah, because he's the leading actor. Right. Did yeah. he make it better? It's it's that's a tough question, because he if without Brody there would be no movie. Right. So, I mean, I I enjoyed watching him in the movie, but the, it was the movie was boring and yeah, I don't know, it, it wasn't a good movie, so. I'm gonna say his impact was not positive. It was just I wouldn't say it was negative. It was just kind just, of he was there. Yeah. I yeah. I see this question as kind of could somebody else play this role as uh, well yeah. as Birdie? And I, I think in this case, yeah, probably. I mean, because yeah. because this wasn't that varied. Birdie didn't really have much to do. They didn't show much of his charisma. No. Um. I mean, because some of that comes yeah, in I when he's. I think they showed his charisma what? when he's selling the shoes. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's a fair point. I mean, I just felt like overall, with a lot of his other characters, he was mostly just like like a, a douche most of the time. Oh, I, yeah. I, 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 and I think that his downward spiral, he just kept getting worse and worse. Um, and at the end, they tried to have him redeemed a little bit, but just showing like, hey, he's getting back to his old self when he's like telling this taxi driver something. I don't even know if that counts as redemption. Yeah, I don't think Honestly, so. I, and that's And I think that's what makes the movie like so hard for me to watch as well anyway is that there like really isn't like despite the fact that he's the main character and he's the guy that we see all the time there really is no reason for us to root for this guy no no like, yeah at he all. doesn't redeem himself at he's, all i don't think he's his, a jerk his he, dad gets him out of the situation at the end he doesn't even say thanks yeah he right doesn't even mm-hmm. hug him. He just like moves to Florida with his mom, and that's that. <sighs> so go, okay, like you didn't do anything to like you got yourself into this terrible situation because of the terrible decisions you made, right? And then you didn't make another good decision to redeem yourself. You you just continued to to be terrible. So I mean, I guess to Greg's point that like, could I see someone else playing this role? I think I would rather see someone else playing in this role because it sucks to see Brody just like be this one note guy who has no really, like, redeeming qualities whatsoever. But I will say, I back to the, the scene where he's selling the shoe at the beginning, or then he's talking about Paul Newman, um, I, I enjoyed that scene. Yeah, it was I good. I think it showed some good 
some acting chops from Brody. It was good, but we didn't see enough of that. Yeah. Right? right. That was the only. Yeah. That's the only really scene like that I think in the whole movie where he had like something of a. I don't know how you describe. It. I mean, he's he's seen energetic. He's seen. Yeah. Happy. Well, and he he's also seen... showed some range when he got like really upset when the horse lost. That was that was well that was well done on yeah. his part. Um, like he he just got really upset at everyone. I mean, he was being really mean to everyone. So right. that was. You know, it wasn't great to see that because it was just another reason why we didn't like his character. But, you know, Brody acted well in that scene. So this isn't necessarily a beat that we would normally cover, but I do want to talk about this because I think that it's interesting, is that the way that this movie was, like, built, I guess. So, like, we talked mentioned this earlier, is that, like, time kind of just, like, slips throughout the movie and that's a function of the sort of anachronistic music that's played throughout the movie like it's hard to determine like where in time that this this movie exists right but then also in that scene that you're talking about the horse race with editing like how they kept on like it's it's either they didn't get enough coverage or something but like they kept cutting cutting in between Adrian walking away and then being face to face with someone like yelling at, at Joanne or whatever saying that, you know, whatever terrible thing that he was saying. Right. Mm. And like, I'm curious, like, does that, what does that mean? You know, like, are they doing that purposefully or, or is that just a mistake? Is it, I think that they were trying to be artistic, trying to be artistic. I I agree. There was a point later. So that's kind of like the Odessa steps, right? In it, oh, is it what Eisenstein? Was what was that movie? In, uh, uh, Battleship Potemkin. Potemkin. That's right. And that's kind of the you know one of the movies that's most known for its editing and right. trying out interesting early editing techniques. There was another one later in this in uh in Ten Benny, and it 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 kind of shocked me too. Um, when Mikey and uh, Ray were fighting, when. Ray ran up to Mikey in his car after yeah. Mikey okay. was trying to get Joanne and be like, listen, I love you. Yeah. Um, they started fighting right outside his car and it jumped the 180 degree line, which happens. And it, sorry to explain what that means is normally in film, the camera should stay on one side of two people having a conversation or an altercation. Right. Um, there's an invisible so that line that cuts. There's, yeah. There's an invisible line that cuts between them so that one character is always on kind of the left side of the frame and one character is always on the right side of the frame. And when that jumps, it's a little bit, uh, it catches you off guard. And sometimes that's certainly purposeful. Right. And in this, I think it was purposeful too. Okay. Um, and kind of uh, they're arguing jumps that line. So I think that both of those things are the director trying to do something interesting. Um, like trying to spice up the, the intense scenes. Like yeah, where emotions are high, so he creates a you know a jarring edit. So I guess the mm. the follow up question to that is, do you think that that it was successful? No. Why not? I I don't think it was earned. I mean, most of the movie, I, I think that most of the yeah. movie was was naturalistic. We're right. trying to be naturalistic. Right. It's, it's this is what it's like living in Bloomfield, New Jersey. This is what these people's lives are like. Th- and I, I just don't, I don't really get the point of why they did it, or okay. and I don't think it fits the tone of the movie overall. Well, it, 
I agree. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely incongruent. I feel like with the sort of realism that they're trying to to portray. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, to have just like these standalone scenes of I don't know what you call it impressionistic like filmmaking techniques or something maybe where like the mindset of the character is expressed through I think that's what impressionism was right the the mindset of the character is sort of shown through camera technique well that's like in the environment I think oh, it's mm-hmm. like it's like if it's a dissolve or like the camera it's like all uh it's blurry or something like that it's like impressionism right so i don't know if maybe editing is the same thing i don't know but it did feel weird to me it was out of place yeah for sure and then like can we talk about the music at all too like oh the music it was like just this hodgepodge of just so many different types of music what was that there was one scene where i thought we were in twin peaks that's true yeah (laughs) i completely forgot about it was like this really like emotional kind of mysterious music synthy yeah synthy mm-hmm. and then the next scene is like weird rock song yeah like a surf rock song yeah almost. and then like, some it was like 50s uh like, i don't know like rockabilly i don't know yeah, yeah, yeah. something like that and, and mikey drives like a car straight out of 1952 yeah it was and i think there was a jazz score in there as it well was, it was just all over the place it didn't really make much sense it's weird weird soundtrack yeah for and, sure and you know I, i'm probably giving them i guess a little bit too much credit or maybe not enough credit but i think that that's you know that's all purposeful too i remember at one point the mentioning the early 90s yeah well somebody mentioned that specifically but i i think that this kind of the fact that it's touching on all these different decades the music and the and the cars primarily i think is that this is what it's like in Bloomfield, New Jersey. This is what it will always be like. Hmm. When they were growing up, this is what it was like. Okay. This is what their lives yeah. are now. Their lives will always be like this. Their kids' lives will always be like this. It's just like this weird compilation. Right. Yeah. Like their their lives is their lives are built on this like sort of amalgam of of genres and mm-hmm. I, I think that that's why arguably and it didn't hit me this way, but his father and him having that conversation um, at his father end. at the very uh, Ray uh, Adrian Brody's okay character okay. and his right. father at the very beginning we see Adrian Brody's father getting arrested and going right. to prison for a year and now his father breaks his son out of a gym pretty much saying now's your chance to fix what happened you didn't have to go to prison here you didn't die mm-hmm. he's giving his son another chance make something yeah. new right and Will that happen? I, I, I don't feel that way. And no, maybe you're not supposed no, to, but I, not I, at all. I don't think it was earned regardless. No, definitely not. I, and I mean, I, I, I think to that, to that end, I don't think you're supposed to think that Adrian is going to make something new of himself. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he's just, he's going to a new place, but he's still the same guy. I mean, he, he just there. He, it's weird that they end the movie on him just with a bald faced lie, mm-hmm. like yeah. just He's saying like, "Oh, I got this. His, his I got this lighter yeah. from Paul Newman." Which we hear in the very first scene, we we see that his friend Mikey gives him gives him the lighter. Yeah, he got it from his grandfather. Right, so we know it's a it's, lie. Yeah, I mean, it's just weird that they end it like that. I mean, if they're trying to make it that Adrian was like he's he's going to change. Right, so maybe it's this weird—I don't know—like anticlimactic thing or something that was done purposefully, but it's really hard to tell. The only character I felt that 
had an ending or clear ending was Joanne, who was yes, Adrian Brody's yes. uh, girlfriend, girlfriend three years. throughout the movie. And she worked at a, a local restaurant, had worked there for two and a half years. And then all of a sudden something hits her when this woman asks what the difference between red and white wine is, which is a, a question that I, I don't understand. And she and says, let she, me, she yeah. says, let me ask the manager. And then she just takes off her, you know, her, her green. And yeah, she just leaves. Yeah. She, and she just runs out and she goes, and I'm going to college. Well, someone asks, where are you going? Like, instead of saying like, I'm quitting or like, I'm done. She's like, I'm going to college. I mean, good for like, you, Joe. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, but why she, don't you just wait till the end of the shift or something? Yeah. Like, don't, I don't know. Don't leave on terrible terms. Well, I don't know. I mean, she's had enough. Is she going to get paid for that? shift like probably what? not yeah of course she, not she shouldn't no i don't think she does yeah. it was uh, just kind of weird but I yeah think. she is maybe the only that character was the c plot her oh maybe joanne's sort of existential to, struggle yeah because that we okay. saw like there were maybe like two scenes regarding that three maybe she tells mikey she wants to go to college i mean it's the closest thing we have to a yeah. c plot i suppose mm-hmm. <laughs> um i think we should move on yeah to let's the get adrian line of the week Oh, Ooh, there's a good one. There's uh, there are a couple. I mean, there's really there's really one I think that is kind of it's gonna take the cake here. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely one that I that I that stood out to me. Yeah. So I got three that are in mind. The first one, which we all laughed at right away, it happens when <laughs> the Mikey character's father is in um, the hospital because he just had a heart attack, and Butchie goes up to Adrian Brody's character and is like, why didn't you show up? You got to show up for your friend. And Adrian's, one of his excuses is, I hate hospitals. <laughs> um, and Butchie's, Butchie pretty much says, which everybody's thinking, yeah, we all hate hospitals. Yeah. <laughs> and then he repeats it and says, I hate hospitals again. It's kind of a ridiculous line. Next one, next two happen when Adrian is gambling in a casino. Um, this woman comes up, is kind of hanging on his arm. Uh, and Adrian talks to the guy who's dealing the cards and he goes, in fact, I'm going to name my firstborn after you, which is a joke because the guy who's dealing the cards, his name is Ray. Uh, and Uh, Ray's name is Ray. Ray's father is Ray senior. Yeah. And Trey. Then when this, this woman comes up to Adrian, uh, and he says, what's up, boo, how you doing? Mm. Which is very progressive. I know you're progressive. (laughs) Which, which is very, uh, that's anachronistic. It's anachronistic in that it happened so early. Right. Because I don't think people I didn't think people said boo till the twenty tens. But you know Maybe I don't know. What's old becomes know. new again. That's true. What's yeah. new becomes old again. Yeah. My my choice for these three is I hate hospitals. Yeah, oh, it's, sure. it's gotta I be the hospitals, hospitals yeah. one. It's just cause it's such a stupid thing yeah, to say. Yeah. What what a lame excuse to not be there for and, your friend. Yeah. And, and but she calls him out on an, it. Which I is mean good. another reason to dislike his character yeah she just doesn't go to the hospital to well, be there just, for his friend he doesn't think about anybody but himself yeah he's incredibly selfish and it's, it's and it just really it shows uh, it's, it encapsulates his his mindset throughout the yeah. movie but i hate hospitals <laughs> yeah well so it's funny that we had three line lines of the week uh this week but last week for jailbreakers which he his part was much more minor mm. we had what six Six or seven, I yeah, feel like. Six but or seven. I do think that his, I mean, all the all the lines in his movies, in that movie, any anyway, were 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 bangers, you know? Like, right. Yeah. I mean, none of the lines, not, nothing really besides I hate hospitals. I don't yeah. know. Nothing really stood out. He and he had a bunch of lines. He was the main actor. And yeah. It's I don't know. They didn't. The best. I, I think the best scene in the movie is is Butchie yelling at Mikey 
for um, philandering, basically. I mean, he Mikey bangs uh, Joanne, mm-hmm. um, and afterwards he goes to purchase a bracelet for Joanne for her birthday, and Mikey pushes him up or butchie pushes mikey up against a brick wall and starts yelling at him he's like what are you doing like you're an idiot like and, it, and he really does he, he that's that was the best scene in the movie to yeah me, probably where I would agree. that was that was the one where it got like the closest to i don't know something that i would like actually go pay to see right for, real drama right yeah it was it was it felt it felt real and that was the b plot yeah and brody wasn't in that yeah. Brody wasn't in that scene <laughs> so oh. best but favorite uh brody scene of the week Ooh. I'm going to go, personally, I would go with him yelling at this sort of stylized scene at the racetrack where he's mm-hmm. he's yelling either that or at the park at the end um, when he, after he has been bailed out by his dad um, from under the loan shark's thumb, sort of, so to speak, and he he's sitting alone on this park bench and his friends attempt to come and like sort of talk to him and he, he rebukes them and he says... I can't remember exactly what he says, but I thought that was a good. He 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 did well in that scene. Oh, I really don't remember that. I mean, I remember it happening, but nothing yeah. stood out for me in that one. I I'm gonna say the the racetrack when he loses. I mean, it's, it's like almost hard to watch because he's being such an asshole. Oh, he's so mean. But you know, he's he's displaying his acting chops. It was for good. Sure. It was really good. Yeah, he gets so, hated. So I have a question because you guys both mentioned that scene. Did you like that editing technique? Did that, so I, that was what I was going to ask. Uh, too. Yeah, yeah. Did good, that build on like his aggressiveness? I I don't think so. But think it, it would have been better without, without it. Yeah, or yes, you would have well, been just as good. I think it would have been better without that weird editing. I guess I don't know if it would make it better or not. But I don't. I do think that the editing made the scene itself stand out to me more, just because it was so like the artifice of of the actual movie making production like it's you can see it like yeah. you can tell that he's like jump cutting between two different spaces right and so that like makes it stand out but it doesn't necessarily make it better or worse I yeah feel i like agree it for sure makes it, it stand out but that doesn't impact right the how good the, scene the performance is. yeah i think brody you know he gets mad he's his his aggression i think is is there regardless of whether or not we cut from him walking away to being straight up with someone. But right. it, I, th- I think that it's actually important that looking back on it, that they had that editing. I think it shows that he's losing it. And that, I think that that's oh. the moment in the movie where his character begins to break. Oh, for sure. Um, because that's when he lost all of his money. Yeah. And I think that that that's a marker. I mean, that's the end of the first act. Maybe I don't remember when it happened. Um, no, um, I think if it would be I the end know. of the first act, it, that would probably be the sort of midpoint, right? Like the like the end of the the second, maybe not the end of the second, but like they have that like the turning point or whatever in the second act that like where things go downhill before they come back up. That's uh, a, but the, this movie pretty much it, it goes downhill for yeah, it's like a latter two yeah two thirds yeah. There's um, really no f- up the that's yeah. the it's the the climax. That's mm-hmm. that's the word I'm looking for. It's the climax. So my favorite scene, and I'm still kind of trying to figure out why, but it, it I thought it, Brody just did a great job in it, is when Brody, um, Mikey, and Butchie are all in this warehouse, mm. and they're getting threatened by Donnie, uh, who's the loan shark. 
Donnie begins slapping Brody. Oh, and yeah. And Brody yeah. kind of just he doesn't say anything, but he just he just looks like he's given up. He's yeah. he's getting slapped. He doesn't defend himself. He's he's avoided Donnie for three weeks. He's avoided paying him. And he just looks so distraught and just he's given up. And I just thought Brody he had a you know he had a bruise in his eye. I thought he did a great job in that. Scene. That's yeah. a great choice. I I agree. I didn't even think about that, but the, I agree. He That's really did scene. like, and he does all the acting in his eyes, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you can tell, like the the embarrassment, like how the pain mm-hmm. of being so humiliated in front of his friends and family. Like mm-hmm. that was that's a great choice. Yeah, I good call, Greg. Hey, great job, everybody. Great job, guys. We did, we did it. Uh, so should we go to the list? Yeah, let's Definitive do it. Definitive list. Let's do it. Of scenes or of, of movies? Uh, movies? I think this is overall, yeah, right? The, okay. the movies, yeah. Yeah. Or Brody's performance. Well, cause, well, that's those are two different things. I think that's what Greg's asking. I'm asking. Uh, well, no, wait. We, those are three we, different when things. The, <laughs> <laughs> when we do the list, we do uh, Brody's performance in okay. the movies. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's Brody's performance, and the previously we had done the best Brody scene overall. Mm, okay. Oh, that's true. Okay. Um, Okay. I mean, I'm pretty sure no one's going to say anything from this movie. You know, I don't want to speak for you guys. Sorry. That's. I don't think I don't think anything from this movie makes makes the top three. Yeah, I mean, okay. I know Greg, you want to you want to talk about your favorite scene. Well, I so. just it's still my favorite. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the King of the Hill scene um, when Brody is running after a runaway car and just keeps keeps cutting to him um, in the sunlight, backlit. <laughs> And he eventually catches up to the car with also a can of gasoline, and he's not sweating, and it's a hundred degrees in uh, St. Louis, Louis summer, which is it's, the most humid place on earth. <laughs> so it's gonna be number. One. I don't. It's gonna take a lot to top that. It was, it's it true. was a great scene. But I agree. I don't. I don't. I don't think. You know. I don't remember any of the other scenes well enough. I think we could choose maybe our top scene overall. Yeah. And then the top three, just Brody performances in movies. Yeah. Will be the yeah, kind of list. Right. I mean, I can say the top, my favorite scene, and I, it's it's the boy who cried bitch, the the schizophrenic, um, general his yeah. yeah his sort of psychotic break, um, in the middle of the classroom. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was that still so far has has showcased his his range the most to me. Um, so that'll be my favorite scene from him. And what was the other? What was the other question? Well, let's the, let, let's let Goldberg do his favorite scene. That's right. I just love. And then talking. we'll go back, and it'll be top three movies of Adrian performances in movies. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go with. I I don't know. I it's tough. I love both of those scenes so much, but I think I'm gonna go with just because, and just to tie this in with my the list, I'm gonna go with the the chasing car scene. Mm. Uh, because just because that was my favorite Brody performance overall. Okay. I mean, I that's still number one for me. King of the Hill. King of the Hill. Yep. That's that's number one. I it'll be tough to top it. I think. Uh, number two. I I think it's still Jailbreakers. Hmm. Okay. I, I think okay. that's what I had last week. Yeah. Not. Don't totally remember, but. Yeah, number two is going to be Jailbreakers. Number three is Boy Cried Bitch. It hasn't changed. Not a lot of change. Yeah. Spencer? Th- this movie certainly didn't change. Um. Okay. I'm going to put, for the overall performance, I'm going to put Jailbreakers as number one. Because wow. his character wow. was so goofy in that mm-hmm. movie. And yeah. I'm such a sucker for, like, sort of absurdist 
Brody. stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Especially Asertus Brody, especially. Yep. Um, number two, I'm going to put Boy Who Cried Bitch. And number three, I'm going to put King of the Hill. Okay. I think... Hmm. I think number three... Ooh, I'm really struggling right now. Ooh. I'm really struggling. I think number three, I'm going to put Jailbreakers. Okay. Okay. Number two, I'm going to put Boy Who Cried Bitch. Ooh. Number one, I'm going to put King of the Hill. I wow. keep switching around Ooh, the one yeah, and two. It's just, you switched off. It just depends on how I feel in any given day. Yeah. And it's um, weird is that like the, these, those are the like early ones that we watched, right? Yeah. And those are the ones that which are still like sticking with us. Yeah. And, I think he did a really good job in, in the movie we watched today in 10, Benny. I just, it, it, the the performance wasn't varied enough for me no. to really appreciate yeah. it overall. Yeah, I definitely agree. And, the, and like, just, you know, this, this movie just wasn't that good. Yeah, so I think no. just the overall movie, but it put a bad taste in my mouth yeah. for, his, for Brody's performance. I mean, you know, you can only do so much with what you're given. Yeah. And I think he tried his best. And with those scenes where he did, like the, like the scene that Greg was talking about where he was just getting slapped... And he didn't say a word. That was that's great acting. Yeah, you know he's doing he's doing an awesome job with very little. Yeah, you're right. But I I do think I agree. It's just the movie itself, like in the character itself, just didn't. It was so one note. Yeah, for sure. That's funny. We we have uh, none of our top three are the same. No, but they all have the same three movies. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) they're just varied slightly in different orders, permutations or whatever, right? Uh, Greg, would you like to lead us into the Brody quote? Sure. Week? So this week, it's not Brody saying a quote, but it's uh, a quote about Brody from a review. It's very short this week, but I think it says a lot about this movie, Ten Benny, which oh, we watched today. Too. Oh, um, cool. And kind of what people were thinking about Brody during this time. So Daily Variety, um, in a review of Ten Benny, uh, said that Mr. Brody, quote, seems destined to become a star, end quote, and that he, quote, displays the raw, instinctive talent of a young De Niro or Pacino, end oh, quote. Oh, wow. Which, wow, high I praise. Mean, the, then those De Niro and Pacino are very specific to the character he played in this movie. Yeah. Really not as relevant to any of the other characters he's played, but I think that goes to show that Brody really encapsulates the character he's playing in any given movie and him playing, you know, a Jersey guy, uh, Ital- Italian character. Yeah, gangster almost. Gangster. Yeah, he, they, I mean, the fact that people were like, wow, you know, he, he's a young De Niro and Pacino, which I would never say or ever think of. Um, I thought that that was a very interesting review. I mean, seeing this movie in a bubble, I could certainly see where that's coming from. Yeah, I mean. Not seeing any of Brody's performances before or after. I don't know. It's like. And maybe it's just, like, in retrospect or something, but, like, there's nothing really, like, aside from him playing, like, a mm-hmm. like a mobster, like, Italian guy that, like, screams De Niro or Pacino to me. Yeah. But he was, one. I don't know. I mean, destined to charisma. become a star, I think sure. his charisma. Very prescient way of, you know, but, I don't know, De Niro? Like... Well, but that's like a young De Niro. Yeah, but think about this, like Taxi Driver, you know, or well, because Taxi Driver like was that. a fantastic movie, not. But did, did do you think that the performance from Brody, like you could have seen him in Taxi Driver? Like, I, I think he he's on his. Just seeing this performance, you could say that he's on his way. You know, he's okay. young. He's yeah, twenty three. That's, that's fine. He's he's on his like he 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 portrayed 
the Italian Jersey gangster very well. See, I I don't agree with what their review said at all. I think that I don't think by seeing this performance, I wouldn't say he's destined to become a star. Really? Yeah, I think that there's he does have potential in this. I don't think he, he's destined to become a star. Yeah, I think mm. that's that's a good point. Potential versus destiny. It's it's very. He has the there's, potential. There's a, I, yeah, I don't think he's a clear destined be, to become a star. Okay, I guess. and I, I, guess, I agree with you there. So there, so maybe it's like a teleological like fallacy or something where I'm like, we we see what happened today. Brody's a star, and so by like looking back, we're saying like, oh yeah, cool. Well, of course he's going to become a star because he already is. You know, like twenty twenty hindsight, right? Kind of thing. Yeah. This is the yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, I still think I don't know. I mean. I still think that like raw emotion from those two scenes, the one that Greg mentioned and the the scene that Adam and I both agreed were the best scenes of this week. I think mm-hmm. that enough is that that to me says that like this dude's going to be something else, you know. Yeah, I mean, at least the potential it shows yeah, that he has the he potential has to be the raw to materials something to be. great. You know, back to the word destined. You know, that's a right. very strong word. Yeah, well, I, mean, I wouldn't say meant that he's to be. destined to become it's meant to be. just from seeing that performance. I wouldn't say that he was destined to become a star, That's but fair. he certainly has the potential. That's fair. Would you say it's fate? Well, I mean, fate and destiny are the same thing, right? Yes. Yeah, I, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Shit. I wouldn't say either. I, I, okay. You know what? You guys, you're right. You're fate right. is almost like speaking in the past tense. Like, it was fate that he became. Yeah, it was fated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. That's, it was it's, destined. It's hard to... Uh, yeah. So, I think... You know what? I'm going to revise my initial statement. I think you guys are right. It, this... There really isn't much that I mean. I think that the materials are there. The raw, the raw potential is there, but there's there really there is nothing that says destiny out of this. Yeah, for sure. I mean, how how this movie fits in the overall uh, Birdie filmography that we've watched so far. I think it's this is exactly where he should be at this point of his career. I think the fact that he took two years off between this movie and the last movie is a little or last movie being Jailbreakers. It was a little concerning for me, but I I do think that. This is Brody's first really big role in yeah, yeah, protagonist first role, leading role in a feature film. Um, I think he did a good job with what he had. I think that there really aren't there aren't at all any other big name actors in this movie, and he really took yeah. it and ran with it. So I, I wonder if you like compared this like his early filmography to something like maybe I mean maybe they did more research than we're giving them credit for this being they being Daily Variety. Um, like, so like you know, if you looked yeah. at De Niro and Pacino, did does their career trajectory at you know at the does early stages of their Brody's. career does it track the same way? Yeah. And so maybe I mean I do agree with Greg. Like I mean, from judging from the roles that he's had prior and the role that he had today, um, he's definitely where like on pace for stardom. I mean, like he's because he's like he really has. I mean, it's he, an upward trajectory. Right, yeah. The from the right from track. every. Every week, more or less, right? Well, besides I mean, Angels in the Outfield, and well, I mean, Angels right. in the Outfield was a, it was a, big well, it was, movie, a, it was right? a block. You're right, it was a blockbuster. Yeah, and you got to work with a lot of good actors. Yeah, Christopher Lloyd. Um, and of Glover. course, then yeah, and then of course the the obvious um, outlier being Natural Born Killers, which, which he was not, he was in. not in. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think you know, I, that it's, that paints a better picture. Not knowing that he wasn't in Natural Born Killers, yeah. it's because we were. I mean, that, that made no sense. Where he's like, "How did he go from, you know, being a supporting role in a, a large movie to being completely uncredited in?" Well, also a large, not a blockbuster, uh, but Oliver I mean, Stone 
Yeah, like, but it like that was I mean basically an art movie. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and I would love. I I never even looked at like the box office numbers for. I think it was pretty natural, good. Natural born. Really, it was better than you think it would be. Yeah. Really. Mm-hmm. See, I th- thought that would be, not one that would resonate. <laughs> I but, could be wrong. Well, let's not harp too much on. I just natural born killer. <laughs> God, I really do. Uh, it's uh, once again at the bottom of every list. Yeah. Worst worst Adrian Brody movie. Natural born killers. Yeah, I just, sure. I do want to say Brody's agent and manager again at this point. I think he or she is doing a great job. Oh yeah. Um, for sure. Deserve a raise. If you want to be a guest in the show, we'd love to have you. Talk about working with an early Brody. Please join us. Wow. I think we would do like a whole separate episode for if if they guest starred. No, the yeah, show. just yeah, what just was like a, like what a was Q and like? A. Yeah, that'd be great. Brodycastpod yeah. at gmail dot com. Yeah, yeah, hit us up. <laughs> Worries. We'd love to talk to you. Yeah. Uh, so I think we're kind of going over on time, but let's quickly talk about next week's movie. Solo, solo. I no, solo. I, uh, is that the Frank Ocean song? Yeah, it's based on that. Yeah, oh, sweet. I love that song. <laughs> um, I know next to nothing about the, the upcoming movie. I know that it's called Solo, and I know that it was filmed sometime after 1996. Those are the yes. only two things that I know. <laughs> it was in 1996, released in 1996. Son of a bitch. It's a science fiction action movie. Really. Okay, interesting. And yeah. it's on Amazon Prime. It is on oh, Amazon Prime. So okay. we will see it in a little better quality. But I will say that if you, you know, if you learn anything from our podcast, it's that when at all possible, you should support your local library. Oh, so yes, for sure. if you don't have Amazon Prime, think maybe instead, you know, just check out the library, see if it see if it shows up there, and if not, you know, then maybe maybe take it take a look at the free month of Amazon Prime or Preach. whatever that they offer. Yeah. But library first. I will say, uh, quickly looking at the Wikipedia page for Solo, it holds a solid 6% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, dear God. So we're in for quite a treat Who else week. is in it? Who's the director? Who else is it? Directed by uh, Norberto Barba. Okay. Who's done Law and & Order oh. Oh. and the show Grimm. In the show Grimm. Grimm with two M's? Yes. It's like the fairy tales one? Yes. Okay. I am excited for the one after Solo, uh, Bullet. Yeah, we heard that was pretty good. Yeah, right? with, with Mickey Rourke and uh, and Tupac and Donnie Wahlberg. Oh, Tupac. Okay. Yeah. So, Very excited. So Solo is... is What were you going to say, Greg? I was going to say, the only other thing about Solo is that Adrian plays a doctor. That's the only other thing I know about it. Ooh, okay. Dr. Brody. I'm very excited. All right. Wow. It will not be the last time he plays a doctor. That's for sure. How do you know that? Splice, isn't he a doctor? Oh, you know, I think you're right. Yeah, I just always forget because he, yeah, the, yeah, that one scene. It's <laughs> the only thing that I remember from <laughs> The one scene that may be all of our favorite scenes. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely, it, it will be up there. <laughs> Once we'll, we see it. You'll have to stay tuned for that yeah. one because that's a doozy. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, thanks again for listening. Hope you enjoyed this this episode of 10 Benny. I know that we did. Yes, we did. We love you. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Take care. We'll see you next week.